Spike Lee is a cultural icon, actor, director, screenplay writer, activist, basketball enthusiast. (laughs) But he was ahead of his time when he came out with the movie School Days, the 1988 film about a college campus and the sparring between Black fraternities and sororities and the different issues that Black students face on campus. The movie stars Spike Lee, but as well as Lawrence Fishburne, who plays the character Dap. At the end of the movie School Days, Dap breaks the fourth wall, as they say, and looks to the viewers and loudly proclaims, please wake up. Now, when he does this, what I didn't understand at the time when I saw it is that he was hinting at the wrongs that had been happening on the college campus in the film. But he could have been talking about any college campus in this country. He also hinted at issues such as colorism, classism, elitism, and is prompting the viewer to wake up to these issues and fight against them and don't just let them pass by like a ship going under a bridge. And I say Spike Lee is ahead of his time because it took so many years, decades since that film, for the kids to finally wake up and stand up against classism, racism, elitism. And now that they've finally done it, well, the grown-ups are not happy. I've got some explaining to do. Let's get into it. Hey there, Allians. Yes, we're sticking with that. Welcome back for another episode of Ayana Explains It All, the podcast hosted by the Black Muslim lady lawyer with an opinion on everything. Born and raised in the hood, living in the suburbs of Northeast Ohio, avoiding Mandalorian spoilers on Twitter, and Chris Brown concert goers. Ayana Explains It All is the podcast that is available on 13 media streaming platforms that bridges the gap between current events, and human behavior, Ayana Explains It All also has its own website. Check out ayanaexplainsitall.com. That's A-Y-A-N-A, explainsitall.com. And you can find links to all the streaming platforms and social media landing pages, as well as you can leave a review. You can subscribe to the podcast. You can email me about the show, any questions or comments or concerns. Also, the show, all of the audio is posted on the website. So if you just want to go to the website and stream the podcast, that's fine. But you can also find it on your favorite audio play. Easy to find. Just make sure you spell my name correctly. It's A-Y-A-N-A. People get it wrong. And if you get it wrong, well, you're not going to find me. You're going to find someone else. And I don't want you to do that. I want you to be right here. But I also want you to share my podcast with your friends and family and coworkers, even your primary care physician. They need to hear this. Yes, they do. You can support the podcast by listening, subscribing, reviewing, and rating where available. You can also donate to the podcast fund and become a patron. Yes, sponsor me. Also, if you would like to advertise on Ayana Explains It All, ad space is wide open, honey. Wide open. (laughs) 
I often use news and journal articles and other sources to flesh out the topics of each episode, and I cite these sources in the episode description. So if you ever want to go back and look and see where the hell I got that from, sometimes it's my own brain. Yes, I am clever and I write well. I also speak well, but sometimes I use NBC News, CNN.com. I will never use Fox News. (laughs) I use the New York Times. I use The Guardian, love The Guardian. I use Forbes, even. I use uh, The Washington Post. But anytime I reference something or I say something, I will let you know where it came from so you don't have to guess. And I will put that in the episode description. So if you link to this from the website or from one of those streaming sites like Apple Podcasts, you'll see the string sites in the description. Now that we've gotten that out of the way and you understand what we do here, why we are here, let me tell you, this week has been just an overload of cultural warfare, kablams and kablooies, little explosions everywhere. But really, it's been going on since last year. It's been going on since last year. And what I mean by cultural warfare is people picking a side and deciding that their side is the best and that no other side should exist. And that pertains to ideologies, religious beliefs, race, gender, sexuality, on and on and on. There's been a lot of vitriol lately surrounding the word woke. I know you're tired of hearing about it. Guess what? I am too. But let me tell you something. Next year, 2024, There's going to be a presidential election, very important one. They're all important, but this is going to be probably a re-election term for President Biden. I think he's going to announce that he's running again soon. Maybe he won't. Who knows? Inshallah. We all say inshallah around here because we don't know for sure. But it's going to be a very vicious, nasty time, probably nastier than the 2020 election, although I can't imagine anything being nastier than that, or even 2016. But one word you are going to hear, one word that you hear so much lately from a particular side of the fence is the word woke. Woke. It's the political wedge that sprouted up lately. It's made the rounds of news cycles and political rallies in 2020. But in 2023, it's the size of the wall that Trump said Mexico would pay for. It's huge. It's huge. Big. <laughs> That's my Trump impression. I know it's terrible, like his toupee. But it's become a divisive tool. One separating real Americans from real Americans, right? You don't know which side is right, but you think your side is right. And so you're going to go stand on your side and shout at the other side and sometimes get violent with them. Also, you can advance your side, make your side the permanent way of life. That's all it is. But the word woke is being used by a particular side, conservatives, Republicans, the GOP, whatever you want to call them, to demonize, to demonize progressives and liberals and non-Republicans and gay people and black people and transgender people women, Puerto Ricans. I mean, anyone who is 
non-hetero, non-white, they can get it, basically. They're all woke. Why are they woke? Because they want people to respect their humanity. They want to be treated fairly. They want to be included in the conversations. They don't want to be discriminated against. They want to be allowed to think and speak and act and dress and do whatever they want because that is what they are entitled to as human beings, not even as citizens of the United States, but just it's basic human rights that people are asking for. But because it interferes with another side's desire to tell raunchy, racist, sexist jokes at Thanksgiving and during their political conventions, the other side, the free and open who want to be respected and treated fairly are called woke. But let's define woke culture because some people have a hard time defining woke culture. Did you guys see the video? The young woman, uh, I believe her name was Bethany Mandel, and she was being interviewed on, I forgot what cha- what um, streaming site it was. I believe it was a streaming site. But um, the interviewer was Black when Bethany mentioned that <laughs> some liberals consider themselves, only a certain percentage of liberals consider themselves woke. The host, the interviewer, asked Bethany to define woke. She couldn't. What she said basically was a word salad that sounded something like uh, that young lady who was from South Carolina was the Miss Teen USA pageant. And she was like, "Uh, some countries and such as don't have books and in South Africa and Iran as such as. That's what she sounded like. She sounded like an idiot. She sounded like she had no idea what she was talking about. But there was this word that she knew she had to use in order to get attention, in order for people to take her seriously. In order to advance her ideology, she had to other someone. But in doing so, she just made an ass of herself. And props to that young woman, because someone's got to do it, right? (laughs) If you ask any of these white men with, you know, no chins on Fox News to define woke, they wouldn't be able to do it. They can't give a definition of woke. All they know is they... They know it when they see it, sort of like how Thurgood Marshall knew pornography when he saw it. (laughs) Porn? No, I know it when I see it. Something indecent? I know it when I see it. Can't define it, but you know it when you see it. So they can't define woke, but when they know what woke is, right? They know that uh, recently Colin Kaepernick disclosed that growing up, As the black child with white adoptive parents, he faced racism from his parents. And I was listening to a radio station that I I don't even know why I continue to listen to these tone deaf idiots. But the host is one of those. Everyone's so sensitive lately complainers and his co-hosts are the same. Everyone's so sensitive lately. And that's just code for woke. That's code for, I can't tell my racist, sexist, classist, mean, nasty jokes anymore. I'm just trying to be funny. Why don't people see that? I'm not, I don't have any ill intentions. I'm just telling a joke. I'm just trying to be funny. Hey, just please laugh. Don't demonize me. That's what that is. So the host asked, I wonder 
how Colin Kaepernick's parents feel about him saying this about them. As you know, people come out with these things all these years later, and you have to wonder what the, the, the other side thinks. <laughs> and I'm listening to this thinking, I will never give a fuck what a racist person thinks. Never. I can't even imagine stopping my, my thought, my train of thought after hearing someone saying they were the victim of racism as a child to ask, well, I wonder what the racists think of being told that they were racist. I wonder what, what the racists think of this revelation being made. And his point was that, well, people are always coming out with these things years later. How come they didn't say anything then? He turned out okay. And that was the point. He turned out okay, so I guess they weren't so bad, huh? As if racists haven't been, I don't know, U.S. fucking presidents, Fortune 500 CEOs, billionaires. Yeah, they all turn out okay. Their kids turn out okay, too. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how the people turn out or what they do with their lives. It's the ideology that's the problem. It's the words that's the problem. It's the treatment that's the problem. It's the lack of fairness that's the problem. I don't give a fuck what a racist think. What's that song? I don't give a fuck what a hater gotta say. I don't care. Why do you care? I know why you care. <laughs> because deep down inside, you want to be able to do the things that you want to do and say what you say and people just go along with it and not be so sensitive about it, right? Why are people so sensitive? Woke culture, and let's define it. Woke culture is a term used to describe a social and political movement that emphasizes awareness and activism around issues of social justice, particularly with regard to race, gender, and sexuality. The term woke itself is believed to have originated within the African-American community as a term for being aware of systemic racism and social justice. The woke movement has gained momentum in recent years, particularly in the wake of high-profile cases of police brutality and racial inequality. Supporters of the movement argue that it is necessary to challenge systemic oppression, please wake up, remember, and promote greater equality and inclusion in society. The movement has gained momentum in recent years, particularly in the wake of high-profile cases of police brutality and racial inequality. Supporters of the movement argue that it is necessary to challenge systemic oppression. Remember DAP from school days? Please wake up and promote greater equality and inclusion in society. Critics, <laughs> critics, however, argue that woke culture can be overly sensitive, divisive, and intolerant of dissenting opinions. No, we've heard all the dissenting opinions. We just don't give a fuck. We're tired of hearing them. We're tired of hearing them, frankly. We've had enough. Ultimately, though, the impact of woke culture remains a topic of debate and discussion with supporters and critics offering different perspectives on its significance and effects. Now, I'm going to give you a little history lesson about the word woke, about staying woke, and this is something that I saw on Twitter, but I also saw on um, a couple of different social media accounts, and I, I did some background on it. 
And what I came up with is that American blues and folk singer Lead Belly used the phrase stay woke near the end of a 1938 recording of his, of his song, Scottsboro Boys, which tells the story of nine black teenagers accused of raping two white women, saying, I advise everybody, be a little careful when they go along through there. Best stay woke. Keep their eyes open. That is, don't be naive. Don't think they aren't out to get you. Don't think they won't get you jammed up. Don't think they won't play you or lie to you or lie on you. Stay woke. Keep your eyes open. More recently, entertainer and actor Donald Glover, a.k.a. Well, I guess I should say FKA, Childish Gambino, repeats in his song Redbone, but stay woke, niggas creepin'. They gon' find you, gon' catch you sleepin'. When Black people say stay woke, we don't mean what white people mean when they say woke. White people have taken the word woke and turned it into something completely different giving it a completely different meaning for themselves. It's very self-serving, their definition. But when we say stay woke or keep your eyes open or please wake up, when we say stay woke, we mean people don't fall for the okie doke. Don't think they won't try to take advantage of you, ice you out, lie to you, spy on you, do something behind your back, and then try to cover it up. I had to throw that in there. I'm sorry. Be careful whom you trust and what you believe. That's what we mean when we say stay woke. But woke also means wake up to the isms that are happening around you, that are affecting your daily life, that are affecting your career and your education, your economic status, that are affecting your environment, the classism, the racism, the sexism, the environmentalism, racism, That's what we mean. You're given a line by the government. You're given a line by your mayor, your governor, your president. You're given a line by the city council. They're telling you one thing, but you're seeing something else. You're out there. You've got your feet on the ground. You've got boots on the ground. You're looking. You're out there every day. You're traveling on on the roads and the public transportation in your car. You're looking at the dilapidated houses or you're looking at the school's being shuttered. You're, you're out there looking. So you see one thing and somebody's telling you something else. Huh. Oh, they're just trying to pacify me. They're lying to me. No, I got to keep my eyes open. I got to keep my eye on this. I got to pay attention to this. I have to fight against this. So when we say stay woke, when we talk about wokeness, this is what we're talking about. We're talking about the unfairness that we see in society being heaped against us. That's what we're talking about. It means something very different for us. So when people demonize woke politics, they're demonizing a movement for fairness and equality and equity and inclusion and diversity. But it's not just for Black people. Oh, no. No, 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 no. Anybody who has a problem (laughs) with being called a name that has fallen out of favor for a very good reason, because they're offensive and disgusting, anybody who has a problem with that is woke. 
transgender people. They don't want to be called cross-dressers and trannies. Oh, they're woke. There you go with that wokeness. Japanese people don't want to be called Japs. They don't want to hear the word Jap. There you go, being woke again. Puerto Ricans don't want to be called Spicks. Mexicans don't want to be called Wetbacks. Black people don't want to be called Nigger. Chinese people don't want to be called Chinks. What's the story I saw about a Chinese restaurant? No, it wasn't even a Chinese restaurant. This was in Philadelphia, but a restaurant that was, that had a, it was called Chinks, I think it was called. And how people in the neighborhood that the, the restaurant is in, they were very upset that Chinese people took offense to this name. Can you imagine? Can you imagine being upset because someone doesn't want to be called a derogatory term, because someone doesn't want a derogatory term associated with a restaurant where people go to eat, because someone thinks that you should change the name of your restaurant because it is offensive. It was owned by a white man. He refused to change the name. He refused. Even when he sold the restaurant, the new owners would not change the name. At some point, it, it was changed, and they have new owners. I forget. This is my brain. I forget. I forget what they sell now, but it's no longer chinks. It never should have been chinks. And it shouldn't sadden people that they have to let go of the last vestiges of racism and, and bigotry and, and, and embrace something new. It should not upset you, but it does. People are so mad that they have to embrace a new way of thinking, a new way of talking, a new way of speaking, a new way of interacting with their family members, with their coworkers, with others in society. They have to be careful with what they say. And you should. You should. Now, if you're sitting at home and you have your own podcast, say whatever the fuck you want. I, I do it. <laughs> but when you're at work, you don't get to do that. In fact, I would say let go of that language altogether because you're going to slip up anyway. If you're using it in private, you're going to slip up and use it in public. It happens to people all the time, especially on social media. It happens to people all the time. Or people, you know, you see these videos of, of people who are at a restaurant or at a Walmart or at an airline, at, at an airport, and they just, for some reason, lose their shit and go on racist rants towards the people who are serving them or waiting on them or to other customers. And, and, and then afterwards, after people, the, the world has seen this video, they go, it's not me. I'm not racist. I love all races. I love all colors. I don't care if you're purple or green or blue. I love, I would never. I just, I forgot to take my medicine. Or what was the Roseanne excuse? She was on Ativan or whatever the fuck. It was the medication that made her racist. Whatever medication she was taking, I think it was a sleep medication. It, it, that's what made her racist. People always have an excuse. It's never them. But it really is you. It really is you. You've just been able to contain it and only use it privately because people in your life are obviously not holding you accountable when you use this language, when you make these remarks, when you make these statements, 
when you're racist and classist and sexist and all the other ists. People aren't holding you accountable. And then you have that little slip up and suddenly you're having to publicly apologize. And some people even get arrested because their language ends up turning violent. Or they end up, you know, they're throwing food around or flowers around or they're destroying the counter at the Spirit Airlines kiosk at the airport. (laughs) Or they're getting dragged off an airplane. Something, something will write you. Something will write you. So if you want to have your own podcast and use your own crazy racist language or your own radio show and do that, hey, go right on ahead. But I, I posit that you should let go of the language altogether. There's no reason for you to call a transgender person a tranny. We don't, it it wasn't right when it was invented, when that word was invented, but we all used it, right? Because we were ignorant and stupid, didn't know better. But once you know better, you do better. You really do. You have to. Or you're going to find yourself the subject of a video on Twitter and somebody's going to be like, Let's find this person. Let's find where she works and get her fired. (laughs) But woke culture is nothing new to me. If you've listened to earlier episodes of my podcast, you know how I grew up. I grew up in a conservative religious household, but Black history was like drilled into us. And I read all kinds of books. Eldridge Kleber autobiography of Malcolm X. I read about Gordon Parks. I read Martin Luther King Jr. I read so many things. I read Islamic works by Black people, but I knew to question someone's version of events, right? I knew, even as a Muslim, to question someone's version of events. You have to question. You have to question the status quo. You have to question the powers that be. You don't accept the version of events. And sometimes that spills, that, ta- that takes a downward turn, a downward spiral into severe psychopathy when people are formulating these conspiracy theories that are just wacky and don't make any sense. There's questioning their version of events and the status quo. And then there's making shit up. You got to take the middle path, as we say in, the, in Islam. Take the middle path. Don't be the extreme left. Don't be the extreme right. Take the middle path and use common sense. So the woke culture, nothing new to me, nothing new. I've been fighting against unfairness since I was in elementary school, fighting to be accepted. You try being a little black girl who wears hijab from age seven in a community where you didn't really see that. Try that. Try being the different one when you're young and having to fight to be included and understood, my biggest fight was always to be understood and to have people not make fun of me, not call me names, not, you know, make references to witchcraft and, oh, are you a nun? Tell stupid jokes and shit like that. Just being accepted and understood. At some point I was like, I just, I just want you all to leave me the fuck alone. When you walk into a room and you're always the one that people are looking at, staring at, and, and wondering what you're doing. What is she doing here? Why is she wearing that thing on her head? 
When you walk into a room and you just want to fucking be in the room, you don't want to be the subject of the room. You just want to be there for your purpose of being there. So, yeah, I know it's not news to me. It's not. I've just been waiting for the world to finally catch up to its stupidity, waiting for people to stop using these ugly terms, these offensive terms. Language evolves. And if humans don't evolve with the language, that's when we get this cultural warfare. There's one group that's evolving. There's one group that's evolving their language. And then there's another group that refuses to evolve, that refuses to evolve their language, that doesn't want change. They don't want things to change. But also, they don't want to be left behind. They see the other group who's evolving, who's moving ahead. They're upset that they're getting left behind. And so they lash out. Oh, these, these kids, everything's offensive nowadays. Everybody's so sensitive. You can't call a, a woman abroad. You can't call a, a Japanese person a Jap. My grandfather fought in World War II against those Japs. I should be able to call them a Jap. No, you can't do that. You shouldn't even feel that way. Number one, your grandfather, thank you for fighting in World War II. <laughs> thank you very much. But we don't call Japanese people Japs. Even if you feel that way, even if you're not going to change, I tell you what, keep that shit to yourself. Keep it on the inside. Use your, your, your library voice on the inside. Make it really, really tiny. Keep that on the inside. But what happens is maybe people aren't saying these words, but they're using that line of thought to discriminate against people, to discriminate against transgender people and drag queens. For some reason now, drag queens are the target of conservative ire. It's incredible to me. Every fucking month, they've got a new target. These people just don't fucking rest. They don't rest. They never get tired of being hateful and mean and spiteful and disgusting. Their ideology, their white Christian ideology is apparently the only one that's supposed to reign, that's supposed to rule, that people are supposed to follow in this country. A country, by the way, <laughs> that's a democratic nation. A constitutional democracy. Why are we putting forth any ideology except for democracy, except for equality and fairness? That's what this country was founded on. It wasn't founded on white Christian values. Quite the contrary. The church and state were not to mix. But what we've seen is a lot of church mixing with the state, with the governance. But what we've also seen are state governments, especially when it comes to state um, school boards. I saw this in Oklahoma a couple weeks ago. The Oklahoma School Board outlawed wokeness. The president of the school board didn't want white people to be made to feel put upon or like they were at fault for all the evils of society. So he outlawed woke politics. Never mind that Oklahoma, as far as education goes in the United States of America, is in the bottom. I, I looked the other day, it was like 44 or something. Never mind that they have one of the worst 
educational systems in the country, never mind that, you're going to outlaw wokeness because that's really important. It's, it's important for the kids to know that none of that liberal shit is going to be taught in our schools. Well, apparently nothing is taught in your schools. How about that? In law school, I realized something interesting about my own community, that even in our most pristine, liberal, embracing of all kinds attitude, once the shit hits the fan, it's every man for himself. And I'm talking about 9-11. I thought I was in an open, free, uh, free-thinking, <laughs> liberal community here at law school. And, and, and now, once 9-11 hit, once 9-11 happened, yeah, no. People showed their true colors. They showed their true colors. And suddenly the different ones become the target, the foreign ones, the, the Muslims. And that's how it is now with rallies against drag queens or drag shows. There was one last weekend in Wadsworth, Ohio. But there are these hate groups. There are these Christian fundamentalist groups. There are white nationalist groups. And they all came together to yell in the faces of transgender people, gay people, liberals, drag queens, and tell them all that they're going to hell and God doesn't like them, God doesn't love them, and that they need to get the hell out of Ohio. Which is interesting considering Ohio has many pockets where it's liberal and beautiful and wonderful and you're free to be yourself, but there are also some very conservative pockets that are just absolutely hateful and disgusting. They don't respect your rights. They don't respect your humanity. Supposedly, drag queens are encouraging kids to be, I, I think it said hypersexuals? Oh, sorry, homosexuals. Right, sure. That's what's doing it. <laughs> I hate to break it to you, but no, if you're gay, you're gay. You're not going to take your kid to a drag show and suddenly they're going to be, they're going to catch the gay. You can't catch the gay. I just, you know, I know I'm sitting here joking about this and it's, it's, I'm, I'm being playful and I'm, I'm being lighthearted about this, but really it's very sad. It's very sad that there are people who just want to be, like I said, left the fuck alone to live and be and be free and be accepted. Just kind of be folded in with the rest of the people. Like fold, like how you take all the laundry, you put it in the wash, you take it out and you put it in the dryer, you put it all the way. They just want to be folded in. Like you fold the cake ingredients in, they just want to be folded in. But because greater society is not folding them in, they're having to fight for every single crumb of rights that the rest of us have. They're having to fight for presence, for acceptance, for proper use of pronouns, for, I mean, it's ridiculous. It's awful. It's awful that the general public, general society, mainstream society, politics, news, are making people feel unwanted, inhuman, ugly, strange, unloved. It's awful. It's awful. 
And I know because I have been there. And as a Muslim, we're still fighting against Islamophobia around the world, including in this country. And it's a human rights nightmare that is happening right now. And it should not be happening because it's all attitudes. It's all ideologies. People think their ideology is the right way. And not only do they think that, it's fine if you think that, but don't impose that on people. Keep that shit to yourself. It's fine if you think your religion is the right way or your non-religion is the right way. Fine. Keep that boo-boo. Just don't get in my way. Okay? But white people and journalists and politicians have hijacked the term stay woke. And they've weaponized it, formed it into a wedge, a political wedge to further divide Americans with one side wanting recognition and respect and fairness to be included in important meetings and conversations and the other side saying, well, we live in a post-racial equal society. We don't need to talk about this equality shit anymore. You don't need affirmative action anymore. That uh, Ben Stein dude who does the Visine Eye commercials, he got on online, I saw this today on Twitter, and said, um, well, you know, when I was younger, I would ride through the, the, he doesn't even talk like that, but he's an old crotchety old dude. When I was younger and I'd ride through the black neighborhoods and they just all look raggedy and bummy and, and look at you now, you've risen above. There's no, there's no more discrimination. There's no more hate. There's no more diversity, equity, and inclusion programs. What are you talking about? You don't need this. You're, you're here. You've arrived. You've achieved. You have all the things. Why are you complaining? This is what they really think. This is what they really think. Even when they're faced in the news or in, you know, online, they're seeing story after story of racial minorities being discriminated against, being beaten to death by police, women being discriminated against, women still having an equal payday because we're still not paid equally with our white male counterparts for the same job. You see, racial minorities still fighting to be CEOs of major corporations. You, you see uh, people still trying to get any kind of respect and acceptance in the workplace, but they can't because they're Mexican or transgender or Puerto Rican. You see kids who are the first, you see black kids who are the first to do something at a predominantly white institution. There's still all of these firsts happening. And there are people like Ben Stein and even Idris Elba. I used to love this dude who were saying, I don't want to be known as a black actor. I just want to be known as an actor now. I, it, it's enough with the black thing already. I don't want to be the first black anything. I don't want to be the black actor. I don't want to be typecast. I don't want to be pigeonholed. I just want to be accepted as an actor. Okay, fine. There you go. Actor Idris Elba. Non-racial. He's non-racial like Tiger Woods is non-racial. They don't want to be black. They want to be, you know, just people. Black people are just people. But I tell you what, there are too many people who don't feel that way about you, Mr. Idris Elba, about you, Mr. Woods. There are enough people who don't feel that way about you 
that you should be very concerned, that you should be very concerned. Stay woke, as they say. You think because they let you into their parties and the queen pins a medal on you and makes you a, a knight or a saint or whatever the fuck, you think that means you've arrived, that, that you're accepted? You think that means that they want you around, that, the, that when you go around, they won't still make some patently offensive, gross joke at the expense of your blackness? You think that's what it means? <laughs> oh, oh, poor Tink. But woke, woke politics, woke this, woke that. When the right uses it, when the conservative movements, conservative groups and journalists and talking news head use it, it's become a grift for them. It's just another tool for getting weak minds to follow a hollow platform whose main goal is power and money at any cost. We're talking about the party who thinks it should cost very little to nothing to do business in the U.S. They will do anything to get power. And that makes them able to pass laws that ensure their buttloads of cash keeps springing forth like the well of Zamzam. Go look it up. That's a nod to my Muslim peeps for, uh, for Ramadan. <laughs> but you know what? It, it, like most things, it goes deeper than that. It's, it's deeper than a grift. It's become fear-mongering. There's always some fear-based energy masquerading as values. There's always fear-based energy masquerading as values. I saw that on Twitter. There's always some fear-based energy masquerading as values being used against a group of people because the ones doing the yelling don't want their communities to change. Right? When did we see this? When did we see this last big movement of people not wanting their communities to change? When did, when did we see this in U.S. history? That took a lot of fight. That still is happening. Racial desegregation, for instance. Desegregation and race mixing. That was a cultural shift, wasn't it? A big one. Huge adjustment for a lot of U.S. cities and, and American, citizens, American citizens to make. Huge. Remember uh, George Wallace? Segregation tonight, segregation forever, segregation tomorrow. That's what they wanted. They didn't want to have to be bothered with the blacks. They didn't want to have to see them, smell them, look at them. They didn't want, you know, their kids to go to school with, with black kids. Ride the bus with black kids. They didn't want black doctors, black nurses, black teachers. They want black people making their uh, 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 wedding cakes. They wanted black people working in the laundry, cleaning the stains out of the sheets, being the maids, sitting at the back of the bus, having their own banks in their own neighborhoods until we had our own things. Remember Black Wall Street? We had our own things. We had our own banks and shops and, and uh, salons. In Oklahoma, Oklahoma, there we are again. And the white people got mad and they burned it all to the ground and they killed hundreds of black people, hundreds of people. They're still finding skeletal remains 
still trying to identify people, still trying to to get reparations for what happened, still trying to get remuneration for what happened. The Tulsa Race Massacre is what it's called. We had our own things. We were doing fine. And that's the problem. It's not just that they wanted us to have our own things. They wanted us to have less things. They didn't want us to thrive separately from them. They wanted us to be separate and be suffering. They wanted us to be separate separate and be suffering. They didn't want us to have to rely on jobs that they gave us in order to make a living. They wanted us to rely on their bank loans, to beg them for bank loans, to beg them for food, to beg them for aid, to beg them for housing. They wanted us to be on our knees for them. And because we weren't, because we weren't, they got upset and they burned it all to the ground. Or in most cases, they pushed black people, they zoned black families off of their land. Black people owned so much land after slavery and in the early 1900s. And because white people were mad that we owned land, beautiful beachfront property even, they rezoned it, took it from us, land grabbed it from us, pushed us further and further and further and further away from them. But even that wasn't enough. But this woke grift is a tool of cultural warfare by the conservative and Republican-created conflict against different and diverse cultural groups and ideologies. Now, it is their goal, as usual, to impose their Christian, white, conservative, European, misogynistic cultural values, beliefs, and practices on others. This is always their goal. They will tell you to their face this is their goal. They don't care. This is why they want to be in power. This is why they want to, this is why Herschel Walker was a fucking serious Senate candidate. They wanted the power so that they could push their ideology, not because they wanted to make society better, make the economy thrive, make, no, no. They want to outlaw abortion. They want to outlaw gay marriage. They want to get rid of diversity programs. They want to get rid of affirmative action. They want to get rid of of, of discrimination policies. They want to get rid of, of Equal Employment Opportunity Commission. They want to get rid of urban housing. They want uh, to get rid of probably the Small Business Administration. They want to get rid of Social Security. They want to get rid of Medicare and Medicaid. They want to, um, they want to get rid of WIC even. They want to push people off. They want all the power for themselves. And then they want to say that it was because Jesus. Because Jesus. Because Jesus would want you to pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. Jesus, who never wore boots, by the way. And we see this in political debates, social media discourse, even physical violence, as I mentioned, in the Wadsworth um, uh, protest. Wadsworth, Ohio, there was, it was, it was tear, tear gas thrown and people punching each other. It was, it did not need to get to that level, but police weren't doing shit. You know, police are sometimes even helping the hate groups. This happened in Columbus, Columbus, Ohio, something about Ohio. 
Something about Ohio. What very strange place. We have all this water. We should be happy. We have all the water we could ever possibly want, all the fresh water we could possibly want, and we still hate each other. I don't know what one has to do with the other, but I thought I would go with that. So the cultural warfare from the woke griff, obviously, is leading to visceral disagreements over social, religious, and political issues, spilling into Board of Education and other public meetings, legislative debates. I've seen these videos from across the country pushing the perception of cultural and national identity that must not be messed with or threatened or economic and global power struggles that must be cured through conservative political might. The polarization, divisiveness, and intolerance often resulting in his, often results in hostility and discrimination towards the targeted groups and it is well documented in the news, social media, and legislation. I mean, there's a reason there's a no Asian hate law. There's a reason you have to legislate for people to not hate and discriminate. I didn't mean to rhyme. <laughs> but some argue that cultural warfare can be detrimental to societal cohesion, obviously. And peaceful coexistence. You can't have a peaceful coexistence when there's a, when there's a culture war. You just can't. You, I don't think America has ever had a time of internal peaceful coexistence, not even during the days of Live Aid and Farm Aid and We Are the World and Hands Across America. No, we have never had a peaceful coexistence. But it, it is important to promote dialogue and understanding between different cultures to foster mutual respect and tolerance. Yes, it is important. You might not think it is, but it is. But then there are others who argue that cultural warfare is necessary to protect, to protect one's cultural heritage and identity and to resist cultural imperialism from dominant cultures or globalizing forces. I argue, I posit, I postulate that it is indeed a threat to a peaceful coexistence and that a society that does not opt for equality and inclusion Empathy, peace, and equality cannot be one nation under God. So these words and phrases become the wedges used by whomever to rev up and maintain a cultural warfare. And that, paired with the economic warfare and class warfare, makes for a big, miserable, melting pot stew of shit called the United States of America. If you notice, in the U.S., while it is a democracy, your differences are really a counterculture. And when this counterculture is brought to the mainstream culture, people get mad. Or they go, okay, well, you're here now, so um, you can drop this discrimination talk. You can drop this unfairness talk. You can, you can drop all this other shit. You don't have to fight anymore. You're here. Being here and being accepted are two different things. Just because I'm here doesn't mean I am wanted. Just because I am here does not mean I am wanted in this space. Men who are very vocal about their hatred of gays and, and transgender people and queens, and you'll find that some of them are gay. Some of them love to wear lacy, lacy women's underwear. Or women's lacy underwear, rather. <laughs> Not lacy women. 
God help me. They secretly covet this. And I would say that they're screaming loudly about what they hate is because they're jealous that they can't be themselves. They've been closed and closeted and oppressed for so long that their outrage is really jealousy. And they don't have any way to channel it. And so it comes out as, kill the gays, kill the niggers. Kill, kill all the Jews. Their outrage is really because they're jealous. They want what the other side has, or they see the other side is deliriously happy, <laughs> being themselves, thriving and living, and they can't believe it. How could someone, I, I want to be myself too. I want to be happy and be myself too. Unfortunately, sometimes being yourself means that you're a bigot and a racist. So maybe you're right. Maybe you should keep that in the closet. But, you know, everyone wants to be recognized as a human. Everyone wants to be treated humanely and, and be included. And, and that's a threat to the larger heterosexual white society, as are many other things, like an Arab store manager at the local Walmart. <laughs> I went into a local gas station two weekends ago, and the owner is Muslim probably Palestinian, although I can't be sure. I didn't ask. But he, he gave me salams and he said, hey, you know, I love seeing Muslims. He knew I was Muslim because of the way that I was dressed. And because when he gave me salams, I gave him salams back. But he said, I love seeing Muslims. I love seeing Muslims here. This was in Cleveland. I love seeing Muslims here is what he said. And he didn't even have to say that. But just the fact that there's somebody who sees you and understands and loves to see you dressing how you dress, living how you live, and not somebody who's looking at you like you're a, a fucking uh, horribly done wax museum figure. Somebody who's like, I love seeing you. That, that's how I am. I love seeing people just being themselves, being their true self. Being their true self, but also not being hateful and mean and disgusting and racist. That shit I hate. That's ugliness. I hate ugliness. I hate it. But I see it a lot. I see it too much. And now this woke politics, this cultural warfare created by the use of the word woke politics has brought out so much ugliness. And every day I'm hearing it and I'm seeing it. Even President Obama was like, oh, you kids and your woke politics and your woke culture. You think everybody's against you. You think everything is bad. You think everything is wrong. I, I, okay, Barack Obama, President Obama, I love you. But you are so fucking out of touch. You are so far out of touch. You're basically the black uncle at the barbecue who can do some dances and tell some jokes and probably play spades, but you don't know shit else about what's going on. You don't know what's going on in, in, in these uh, black communities. You don't know. You're so far removed from it. You're very far removed from it. Even your children are far removed from it. You don't know what the fuck we have to deal with every day. So please sit this out. And, and even Jerry Seinfeld, what he said about college kids and how, Everything is offensive to college kids now. They can't, can't take humor. You can't really do his kind of humor. All of these show writers and, and actors 
from sitcoms from the 90s and the early 2000s are coming out saying, well, our shows really wouldn't make it in today's woke society. You couldn't get away with that now. (laughs) You couldn't get away with Archie Bunker jokes now. You could, actually. The problem is that you all don't know how to do it. You're scared to do it because you don't know how. Give it to, uh, was it Norman Lear? The way he portrayed Archie Bunker was not as this bumbling, fumbling, stumbling, idiot, sexist, pig, racist. It was a man who was a product of his time being forced by his family, by the changing circumstances of his community, his neighborhood, to grow up, to change, to see other people as human beings, as being fully present in society and worthy of being there. That's what you saw. You were seeing the evolution of a human being from a close-minded bigot to maybe a little bit of a soft kind of, you know, okay, Jefferson, to accepting of the changing dynamics of his, of his surroundings. That's how you do it. That's how you do it. It's not hard to do. But you all are so afraid to show people evolving. You know why? Because you haven't evolved. You haven't changed. You're still the same person you were when you did those things back in the day. You can't portray someone as evolving and changing because you haven't done it yourself. You haven't done it yourself. There are plenty of Archie Bunkers out there. There are plenty of people like this who are struggling. There are plenty of people trying to find acceptance who are struggling in homes and workplaces where people are just plain ignorant, but who over time overcome their bigotry. You could show people over time overcoming their bigotry and foolishness and closed-mindedness, and you could do it in a funny way. That's what I think. But, you know, I'm just a lawyer in Northeast Ohio. I don't know nothing about no Hollywood, sir. And although there are people who will say that woke means self-righteous, it doesn't mean self-righteous. Being woke has nothing to do with self-righteousness. Being woke is self-awareness, which we all need to have. Woke is self-reflection, which we all need to do. So few of us are reflecting on ourselves and our behavior and our thoughts and our actions. So few of us are self-aware of how we're imposing ourselves on people with our words and our behaviors, the impact our actions have on society, the impact the legislation and the politicians we vote for, the people who we are. We're not considering our impact on the larger society because we think who we are and what we believe, what we think is right. So, of course, our impact is fine. It's good. It's not problematic. It's not a problem. It's not trouble. But it is. And we can find examples. If, you're, if you want to talk about self-righteousness, we can find examples of that in the Republican political platform. When they quote the Bible and Jesus while telling poor people to pull themselves up by their bootstraps and yelling that welfare queens are ruining society, but then telling women we have to have as many babies as we can without supporting medical care or economic opportunities and affordable child care to sustain our families. You're telling us that we have to have babies 
but then you're not making it safe for us to do so. You're telling us Jesus said that the babies should be born, but then you're not giving us the time off that we need to adjust to no longer having a fetus in our uterus. You're not making childcare affordable. There's no Head Start programs. So when our child turns three or four, and they don't know how to read yet, because by the time you get to kindergarten now, you have to know how to read a book. You're looking at us like we're the problem. Can't tell people that one thing is right and then not give them the tools necessary to live your righteous way of life. Dems are guilty of it as well. We're guilty of self-righteousness. There's the bemoaning of the poor and poorly educated, but then there's neglecting the regions many of these people live in and letting them fall into crime, unclean air and water, and economic depression. But pushing for more funding for social programs and recognition of diversity and inclusion. Meanwhile, we're not seeing these things through. We're saying all the words and it all sounds good. And yeah, we're going to, you know, we're going to make society better, make it a better place, make it safer for our children. But we're not seeing it through. We're not seeing it through. And it's fine to be included. I love being included. But it's even better to live in an environment where if we were not included, we still would be safe, secure and happy. But even that's not happening. What is the what is the point of desegregation showing blacks the glorious opportunities that awaited us through attending white schools? If our home. If the home we had to go back to was in the projects. But the projects kept the poor from being visible to the wealthy and now othering people. The woke crowd is keeping heteros and white males from the undue burden of working and interacting with blacks, women, Muslims, gays, queers, drag queens. They want to be able to discriminate without social or monetary consequences. They want to be unburdened of other people's non-Christian religious beliefs or non-heterosexual sexuality or non-childbearing womb. A video posted to my social media um, of U.S. House of Representatives, Representative Mike Collins of the 10th District of Georgia, concerning the recent train derailments by Norfolk Southern in Ohio. He said, and this is a direct quote, after seeing another Norfolk Southern train derailed this weekend, I was reminded of the fact that the company wrote to shareholders stating that it is focused on diversity, equity, and inclusion. This administration's focus on diversity, equity, and inclusion is forcing private companies to rethink their goals, and one has to wonder, was Norfolk Southern's diversity, equity, and inclusion policies directing resources away from the important things, like greasing wheel bearings? Y'all, this insanity must stop. He put that y'all in there. So cute. Indeed, Representative Collins. But I tell you what's insane. Insanity is deregulating the train industry that was already failing in safety and efficiency because the companies cried and complained that it is expensive to be safe and efficient and instead allow them to haul more garbage, more chemical waste, more chemicals, more hazardous waste in longer, heavier, poorly maintained trains as quickly as possible across the country and expecting nothing bad to happen. 
Y'all, this insanity must stop. And this has been Ayana Explains It All, brought to you by Facts, Figures, and Enlightenment. Take care. Take care.